everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. I was going to say yours truly, but you always come first, Carolyn. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Carolyn Barnett. <laughs> and now, yours truly, Dave Clay. Have you noticed anything different about me, Carolyn? I did, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I've got a voice. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> my voice is back. It was coming back last oh, time, but it was still a bit I don't hoarse. know. I thought your glasses were different, or you got your hair cut. I couldn't figure no. out what it was. You just came back from being off, so you're rejuvenated. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I think that perspective is everything. At least that's what I've heard and yeah. probably have come to find out. Life is, it's not what goes on, it's how you, it's how you, how you look at it. It's and true. so coming back Very true. from being away for a while always gives you a bit of a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, so this is, we are uh, fair on the program, equal time, uh, as they say. You are now a new grandmother. Yes, I am. Baby... Yeah. Levi Luke is his name. Was born last Monday at 12:14 p.m. Coming in at seven pounds nine ounces, a little bit bigger than than her previous son, my daughter's, um, and 19 and a half inches. So he's a pretty good sized baby. Levi Luke, and he's doing great. And mom is doing great too. Well, I don't suppose anybody has any intentions for him to serve the Lord. <laughs> Levi Luke, right? <laughs> yeah. Either of those would be great, right? I would just probably pick one of those, Levi or Luke, because two of those, yeah. I know there's such things as double portions right. but with Alicia, but the idea, the prophet, but yeah. the idea, um, <laughs> that's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, great expectation. Yes, yes I, I thought that was um, sweet. I liked it. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's a beautiful name. So, Carolyn, do you believe that there is a death angel? Hmm. I want to say yes. And and there is a Bible there. Unfortunately, it's an old one. (laughs) And it's not a Thompson, even a Thompson chain reference. But you're welcome to use it. I'm thinking of the death angel that came in the Old Testament when... The Israelites put the blood over the door, mm-hmm, and the, the death angel came and passed over, I guess you say the first Passover, and passed over the um, the homes that were protected by the blood of the lamb. So there is, mm-hmm. you think? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just going on what, what, what I, I asked, understand it to say. I ask myself these questions, and then I ask you these questions, right. and, and I think most of the questions that I would come up with are coming to my mind are usually ones that are really don't have a singular answer. It's just a lot of perspective again, Carolyn. I knew it was too easy of a question, so I knew there was more to that. (laughs) But it is true, though, that um, the Bible does speak to the death angel in that sense, but I've also read that studied a bit, those that have studied it a bit, don't seem to have much consensus on whether there actually is. Actually, I found a website that oh had boy. a lot of... <laughs> let me see if I can find it here again. Well, and then that's not to say that I believe that when somebody dies today 
that some death angel comes and takes them away. I don't know about that. I mean, that's, I'm separating that from the death angel that was spoke at this well, one that, point in time. I think that's sure. That's absolutely, that's absolutely. I got to clarify. Well, that's absolutely the point though. And that's what makes it so difficult to have an absolute answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except absolutely right. to say it's kind of difficult because mm-hmm. I guess it's all perspective. How you look at it. Right. Is the angel a death angel or is it a resurrection angel? Is it your end or is it your beginning? And of course, that all comes back to you believe in Jesus. And we can stop the podcast <laughs> probably right here because that's a, probably a very sound message, resounding message that if you don't see it as the Bible would see it or if you don't see it in light of Jesus Christ, if you don't see it as Jesus necessary, mm-hmm. that Jesus be your Savior, <laughs> then what hope have you? Right. If there's no resurrection, what hope have you? It's going to be however it ends. Mm-hmm. Even if it should be a bit of comforting, it's till death, which mm-hmm. steals all the joy, right? Steals right. all the comfort right out of it. And in that in that situation that <laughs> the image the imagery of the death angel, you know, it, it it's not as pleasant to think about as if you're thinking I'm going to close my eyes and open them to see Jesus. <laughs> so <clears throat> the death angel, well, you know, has a sort of negative connotation to it. Well, interestingly enough, as you say that, I don't even know if I want to close my eyes. I probably don't even close my eyes. My body ceases to exist, but my vision is not a material one, right? It's not with earthly dimension or mortal or mortality or humanity or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the human physical being, bodily right. presence. Right. Uh, it's all spiritual. But isn't that right. also possibly the way we have to look at this is yeah. or the way it comes back to, again, the way we look at this? Mm-hmm. Do we see it in spiritual dimension? Do we see ourselves first and foremost spiritual? Lest we go down that road any further, though. I have found a website that has seven seven Bible verses. I presume they're studied. It's called Bible.Knowing Jesus Christ. Seven Bible verses about the angel of death. Mm. And another, a red horse went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given him. That was Revelation 6, 4. Exodus 12, 23, for the Lord, this is yours, the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come in to your houses to smite you, Exodus 12, 23, 2 Kings 19, 35, then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men rose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead. Revelation 20, 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Uh, Luke 16, 22. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to the Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Exodus 12, 29. Now it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt for the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne. Again, what you were mentioning. 
uh, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of cattle. I believe that's the same reference. 2 Samuel 24, 15, 16. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning until the appointed time and 70,000 men of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. When the angel stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who destroyed the people, it is enough. Now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aronia, or Aron, Arona the Jebusite. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. So, those, those were the top seven of this particular website. But I suppose, again, this notion that it gets ambivalent. You know, because angels are angels. Right. And to the extent or degree that we know that there are good ones and bad ones, the devil being a fallen angel, and then some that were otherwise following Lucifer, Satan, and then became part of the fallen, the, the I guess, group mm-hmm. of a legion of angels that followed mm-hmm. uh, after or whatever it would be, Satan. But the idea of a death angel and the notion of somehow death being some sort of measure of judgment uh, in this sort of way uh, against a particular foe, uh, I guess you can make a, probably a case that if you, <laughs> if you don't see it the right way and mm-hmm. that consequently you do something wrong, then you're going to probably, your perspective is going to be, I must have done something wrong and these two things connect. <laughs> And I think that there's some, I mean, implication of that right, in Scripture. Right. The, you know, the interpretations mm-hmm. as we read them, particularly in the Old Testament, are sort of focused toward that or leads us, focuses us in that mm-hmm. sort of way, our perspective. They can be perceived, as you were reading those verses, different, verse, different stories came to mind. And I'm thinking of the, the angels sent by God that were so strong and mighty and you know destroyed thousands and you know one angel spoke and so I guess we're saying that it is perspective in that not all death angels are negative some are sent from God to achieve his purposes which we would have to say is good so now you can look (laughs) did you find a verse that you wanted to go to I was looking for the exodus one (laughs) Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah 40 okay. first. It's always, it's always difficult for me to figure out which one to go to first. Because I, I want to, I see a vision. God, I think, gives me a bit of vision as to what it is I'm supposed to be saying. Uh, the Holy Spirit's already given it to me, but I don't always see it so clearly until we sit down and do it. Let's go to Isaiah 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. (laughs) Judgment. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be re- revealed, and all flesh shall see, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, cry, and he said, what shall I cry? 
all flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is of the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Amen. <laughs> it's good stuff, isn't it? Amen. So, I'm going to read further. That starts with verse 1 um, at 9 now. O Zion, thou bringest good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, thou that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and he shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and metered out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him with whom took he counsel? Sounds like Job, doesn't it? And who instructed him and taught him in the path when he had that audience with God? of judgment and taught him knowledge and shewed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God, or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooses the tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall be planted. Yea, they shall be not sown. They shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth and he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me or shall I be equal? saith the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by the number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might for he that is strong in power not one faileth. And I'm going to go ahead and finish it because I'm almost there. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh or speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. 
Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It was long, but I had to read it all, mm-hmm. right? Because it's all important. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't have said it any better, right? Good I mean, stuff. you just have to read it. And I think that's the point. That's what Isaiah is saying. Have you, don't you know? Mm-hmm. Haven't you heard? Mm-hmm. It's all going to go. Everything in this world is going to end. Right. Even the beautiful things. Even the what? Even vacations <laughs> come to an end. Yeah. Even newborn babies. Mm-hmm. Go grow old, and in growing old, a lot of changes take place. But it all is part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Now you can be affixed to all of the things that otherwise are material representation of God, and Mm -hmm. as with His purposes and plan. Mm -hmm. But I think Isaiah is trying to remind them: No, your focus, your perspective, (laughs) your focus is on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You should focus on. He who made those things, he who has a plan, he who has a purpose, Mm -hmm. he who is higher and lifted up so that he may show you how he makes the way straight. Mm -hmm. And how does he make the way straight? Nothing stands forever tall, nor does anything stand forever in the pit. It all comes back to that straight way. Mm -hmm. The crooked paths are made straight. Jesus. It is Jesus. Because Jesus, of course, in a material, bodily dimension, example of that, but is probably the angel of the Lord. I don't know that it's the death angel. Jesus isn't the death angel, but Jesus is there to rescue us from death. But maybe death is just all part of the material life. And the real the idea is those who really don't know Jesus, who don't understand this thing that we're reading, that Isaiah was trying to, as prophecy, tell them about, remind them of, They see that as, oh, he's come to kill me. No, he hasn't. He's come to save you. But if you can't see it with the mind of Christ, the mind of God, in the proper context, everything looks like it's going to kill you. Everything looks like it's going to destroy you. And you won't understand that what goes up, as the old say goes, must come down. But I love how Isaiah, he does like the classic... um, he lifts them up in the beginning, and then he tells them all the hard stuff, and then he lifts them up again at the end. But after that whole discourse about, you know, how we're grass and we're going to get blown away and, you know, nobody can understand God and we can't, you know, who, there's no searching of his understanding. And then the very last three verses, basically when you feel like, okay, well, we're pretty much nothing, you know, we, we can't comprehend God, then he says he gives power to the faint. Those who have no might, he gives strength. So after he tells them the bad news, you know, you're not all that you think you are and you don't know God like you think you do, then he builds them back up and tells them that God will be our strength. When you realize your grass, he's going to give you, he's going to be your strength. And then, you know, then that classic verse on verse 31 that we're all familiar with. But um, I love how the whole section ends on him building up our faith and reminding us of, you know, not that just that we are to be blown away in the wind, but that we're of use and that, you know, he's going to achieve a purpose with us even in our time. Well, and, the, and his purpose is, I agree with everything. Mm-hmm. 
His purposes, though, shouldn't be measured materially. Mm -hmm. Right, right. His plan is not constructed in material dimension. Mm -hmm. The material dimension evidences his purposes and plan. Right. The material dimension demonstrates his glory. Mm -hmm. The material dimension examples and mm -hmm. shows mm -hmm. and testifies and is a testimony of the power that is God with purpose and plan in mind that is, as you pointed out, really brought to that undeniable example. The incarnation. Of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes, incarnation mm -hmm. of Christ. But when people come see me, and maybe you've had this experience on, on your side of it, uh, people come see you, there's something that just want me to tell, you, tell them it's going to work out. Now that's not a problem, right? Because that's what I say is saying it always works out. Because God always works it out. Right. But they want me, I think, more than that. And I can't do the latter. I can do the former, what I just got through saying, easily enough, right? Mm -hmm. I can encourage them in the Lord. Yeah. I can tell them as Isaiah is trying to encourage mm -hmm. the Hezekiah here and the Hebrew people and Judah in particular. I can tell them it's always going to work out. But they want me to tell them everything is going to work out. Mm -hmm. Right. And there'll be nothing bad. Right. And will this thing work out? Will I get through this? Will this all turn out the way? And of course, in their mind, they have an idea that right. it won't cost them anything. Right. It won't be any pain to them. It won't be any struggle to them. But it's like Hezekiah. He doesn't give them the good news to the sandwich. He doesn't give them the good news right. to give them the bad news to give them the good. He's pointing out you have to maintain a perspective, lest the things that otherwise don't work out according to what you would want them to work out how you would want them to work out according to the ends you would have in mind, you would faint along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always easy in the beginning because I've got great plans, you got great plans, we all got great plans, hopefully, mm -hmm. or aspirations. Right. You know, <laughs> teasing about Luke, Levi, Levi, Luke. Yeah. Aspirations, yeah. great expectations. Right. <laughs> but somewhere between now and when Levi, Luke, faces that crossing over for himself, a lot of things are going to happen along the way. And none of those things can you see, I see, mm -hmm. Macy see, anybody can see. Right. God knows, but we don't because we don't have the capacity to see it. And I think even in a creative sort of way, it isn't that God changes his mind. It's just the stuff of the material, the spirit blows. You know, it's like Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. It goes where it wants to. We Sometimes to... it withereth things. Yeah. We're getting ready to go into a drought. I don't know if you've already determined that or not. I, I read the 30-day forecast. I don't know that it gave me much. I got a lot of yard and plants. And so I'm thinking, do I have to water them? Because they're looking pretty bad right now. But this next week, particularly, there's not, I think, one day... With 90 degree temperatures. I know that. I can see that coming. But I didn't know that two weeks ago. Right, right. I couldn't see it coming. But God knew that two weeks ago. Because the Holy Spirit or the spirit of creativity, the spirit that drives all life was already swirling atmospherically. It was moving. Mm -hmm. And it was moving things. We've got wonderful weather for June. Yeah. It was 48 last night yeah, or the yeah. night before last. And this is almost toward the end of June. I'm like, in heaven. But this is the price you pay. Right. 
Because it's always dry weather whenever you get these cold fronts. Coming. I'm kind of laughing because because I know you um, live in Huntington and in town. I guess I could say that on air here, but uh, we live out in the country, so I don't I don't know how much yard you have, but I'm thinking that it, it can't be as much yard as we. Well, have. I'm thinking bushes. See, I would like it oh, to be dry so I don't have to mow yeah, it, but the yeah. bushes all die. And oh, then, I've yeah. got, then I've got to go out. My and, flowers are really suffering. Yes. Heat. That's where the work turns But you know, that, that's so interesting. And God just works all these out every day. Because we don't talk beforehand. We don't know. I have no idea what you're going to talk about or what the scriptures are going to be. But this morning, my devotional talked about <clears throat> the two sides of that, of the obedience and then the willingness to sacrifice. The two parts um, of our purpose and you know the the idea of sacrifice was Abraham and Isaac and that that willingness to be able to go there to not know what's going to happen when you were talking about the the person that's like tell me how it's going to work out you know Abraham didn't do that he just went and took his son and he didn't now, I think, my own personal opinion, I feel like he knew God was going to do something miraculous. And I base that on the verse is when he said, and we will come back down. So, whether he was referring to him and his son, you know, that's kind of how I take it. But anyway, so, and then the on the other hand of that was, um, you know, to be willing to sacrifice, to be willing to have our heart sort of broken and then on the opposite side of that to guard our heart and then they use Solomon as an example but the Abraham and Isaac just sort of spoke to me you know uh, people may want us to frame it but there's no framing God he's unframable well, he's not you know, within human conception right and and that's the thing is we're trying to express them in our human words and emotions and and we can't we can't put God in that kind of box but we can frame God if we frame him within Christ and in the word in the word and that's the only that's my go-to I mean that's what it has to be and that's what we use and that's what we land on and that's what we go forward from you know when they leave that's what we're going to put our trust in it's not what I think is going to happen it's what does God's word say about when you leave here. So when my client slash patient comes in mm -hmm. and says to me, is it going to work out? Tell me, David, is, yeah. is, is, it's going to work out, right? It's all yeah. going to be good. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to tell them both truths. <laughs> yes, it's going to be good, but not for your sake. It's going right. to be good for God's sake. Right. It's going to be good because it's not about you. It's about God. It's going to right. be good because, thankfully, if it was about you, then as it went up and as it goes down, you would go up and down every time. And in right. the end, you're right. going to face death. Right. And in a bodily sort of way, about you, personality, mm -hmm. not soul. But even so, the human soul is not where life is. It's a representation in material dimension. Mm -hmm. It as with the Holy Spirit. We are inhabited with the Holy Spirit. Right. But we have to make human. it about the Holy Spirit yeah. Right. if we make it or if we start to take on... I mean, my car takes on a soul. Mm -hmm. I know this is going to sound silly. But Doesn't I drive happen. my car every day and it starts to take on personage. Do you have a name for it? No. 
<laughs> Not that silly. <laughs> I don't know, sometimes. <laughs> but it's true. And I only say that because, like you said, that back. Everybody probably has thought that. Yeah. You know, and many yeah. people name their cars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And because it isn't I so silly. But, yeah, I do but dogs take on personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthropomorphizing, I think is what they call it. Where we project onto living and otherwise inanimate objects' personality. I read something about artificial intelligence and somebody who worked for Google was in charge of their AI division and they've gotten this sophisticated computer and he declared, he's no longer with Google, by the way, <laughs> I think it was Google, I may be wrong on that, but he's no longer with whatever company he worked for because they fired him. But what he's saying is, it's too late, they've taken over. The computer has become so powerful. Yeah. It's already intuitively thinking mm-hmm. it's taken over. Now, whether that's possible or not, or maybe he's just anthropomorphizing, but I can make anything seemingly alive. That's a whole point about idols. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, that's a whole point about worshiping false idols. Mm-hmm. You know, it's of my own creation. Exactly. And it looks alive, exactly. it looks real, right. it looks like it could be a God, mm-hmm. and in a temporal sense, mm-hmm. as we're going to find out hopefully before the podcast is over, it may even work to your advantage mm-hmm. in that particular situation. And I do think more often than not, we're blessed, especially if we adopt the perspective, maybe call it an attitude, a good one. Mm-hmm. Of knowing and trusting in the Lord. Right. We let go of things we don't need to hold on to. We don't go down with the ship every time the ship goes down. Exactly. God continues to magnify and amplify. It's all part of... We are... If we align ourselves, even materially conscious, mm-hmm. human thought, with the creative dynamic, which is probably what the Old Testament is trying to say is... Isaiah is trying to say, see how creativity works. That was Isaiah 40. Mm-hmm. Wait, one day Jesus is going to come. That was the prophecy. He'll renew your strength. You'll mount up as wings, as with eagles, Mm -hmm. as eagles. The idea, though, is if we align ourselves even in a material dimension with that notion, more often than not, we're going to succeed because we're not going to be laboring and holding on to things that we don't need to hold on to or feel failure, death. We are going to be reminded in the end even our own human dimension mm-hmm. has to be expendable. Mm-hmm. It's not that God sees us expendable because He provides us a way mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ and our human soul. Should we have gone that path of kind of putting everything into a human soul dimension to the neglect or negligence of the Holy Spirit or God, mm-hmm. our divine nature that God imparted His life into us and His Spirit into us right. in the beginning, then at least we've got something to look forward to in Christ. But if we don't have Jesus, it's all going to end in death. Every loss, every down will accumulate because your perspective. Mm-hmm. So I have to mix the good stuff with the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I have to mix the bad stuff, I should say it that way, with the good stuff. Yeah. I have to tell them the truth. Right. I don't know. Right. But I know one thing. 
it's probably going to go up and down. And so there's eventually going to be a down. And you should be prepared for it. Right. But don't build an idol. Either make exactly. an idol of yourself exactly. or build an idol unto yourself. Yeah. Or a false god. Mm -hmm. Of what you want to happen. Yeah, because even the Assyrians... Isaiah was speaking, I think, all this Isaiah 40, we're going to go to 37 here in a moment, is about, that's all they were, was a moment. And even Sennacherib, I think is his name, the king of Assyria, mm -hmm. they came up against them. It can be confirmed here in a moment when I get to verse 37. <laughs> even he was out there like hollering blasphemous things. Your God's not going to save you. Look at all these other places. Pride. Look at all this other stuff we've done. And again, in the end, who killed him? <laughs> not the death angel. It's his kids. And I just, I cannot help but think of um, a, um, I said a client. I know you said client slash patient, but a person that we were discussing this possible outcome. And you know, there was this sense of, like you said, tell me it's going to be okay, you know. And he wasn't literally saying that, but that's what we want. That's what he wanted. And I wasn't going to go there. I was like, we have to know that this could happen, but all things, no matter what it looks like, are going to work together for good to achieve his purposes. He's got a plan. It may not look like our plan. And we tried to reframe it before, you know, before he left. And the next day, I got a phone call, and the thing had happened, and and he was devastated. Mm -hmm. And I reminded him, okay, we talked about this, and it can't be on the pedestal of, you know, God, and then you know this thing. I want to have be you know perfect. It can't be like that. It has to be one or the other. It has to be God only, or you're going to make an idol out of this thing and put it on the pedestal. And you can't, we can't do that. And I wanted to point out real quick that, you know, you said we are in the spirit, but there's also the human dimension we have to deal with because we're in this human body. I think about Jesus when he got to Lazarus's, that's not proper, Lazarus's grave. <laughs> I don't know how to say that right. Um, he wept and he was sad when they told him he had died and he got emotional. And then he went to achieve the purpose of bringing him back to life to glorify God. And of course, he was in the spirit always because he was—he is the spirit. But I was just thinking about how we can't deny how you know the the human aspect of it. I would be heartless to just tell that guy to just, oh, you'll be fine, just get over it. Well, you know, I mean, yes. no. And I, I sympathize, I empathize with him, and I just, you know, went there. But then we're going to land on the word. Well, I'm going to acknowledge it, but we're still going to land on the word, and you're not going to put this other stuff on a pit, or at least I encourage them to not put it on a pedestal of what you are going to worship, and that's what you you know want to happen. But it isn't, and you're right. <laughs> I always say that because I like to launch into something. It almost sounds like it's discounting what you're saying. You're absolutely right. I just want to put that part out. No, I think it's important, but God does give us, though, Science. God gives us a way of thinking that does allow us, it's not like we're completely in the dark, even in a material dimension. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's his grace and mercy, that's a little bit of his benevolence, permissive sort of grace mm -hmm. um, that allows us to kind of even without Jesus, without this 
ultimate revelation, or maybe while it's still cooking, mm-hmm. you know, while we're still being prepared mm-hmm. to receive fully mm-hmm. the impartation of all of this, mm-hmm. as with the Holy Spirit, and turn our lives completely over to Holy Spirit operations. Or maybe there are just times and places where you can operate out of intellect and ration, rational thought and reasoning. But that's science. Right. It's the highest order of thought. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Science is not God's thought. God's thought is what science is. It's empirical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's research. Exactly. It's evidence-based. It's not precedent-based. It's not just experience in a singular. It's replicated. It's mm-hmm. valid. Mm-hmm. We note, yes, these two things happened. We speculate. If this happens, then this happens, cause effect. We can also then, in that validity that it happened and speculation, we can start to uh, reliability. We can start to predict what's going to happen in the future. And a lot of stuff we will do. I can tell an alcoholic, if you don't stop drinking, (laughs) your life is going to become unmanageable. Right. More of a mess than it already is. Or I can say, if you keep doing things that are Mm self-destructive, that we know, Mm -hmm. ultimately, that's common sense. Maybe that's what I'm saying. God's given all of us a bit of common sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we don't want just to operate in that. That should be enough to get through life pretty well. You get Mm -hmm. a 50-50 chance. Things are going to work out, not work out. But apply some common sense, and you've already increased your odds. I mean, you're already in the plus category, right? Mm -hmm. Then if you increase Holy Spirit impartation, leading, guidance, and direction, and you know how to take your losses... Mm-hmm. as the Bible would want to teach us mm-hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit and, and God's creative dynamic to turn all the losses into gain, mm-hmm. then you get the hold on to. There's so many examples All of that, that wisdom, yeah. right, that goes along yeah. with it, all the best human operation that goes along with it, and the promise of God, which was Abraham, Isaac. This thing looks like it's going to kill your blessing, but your blessing isn't in Isaac. Right. Although you could say prophetically, we knew Isaac was the blessing. Mm -hmm. God said that. And in the same sort of way, God spoke to through Isaiah and just the knowledge that was there, the wisdom that was there, the cultural aspect of it, the Hebrew people, that things are going to work out. But this whole story of Hezekiah, which is what we're really referencing here. I'm going to read his prayer. In the end, the Assyrians didn't do it, but the Babylonians did. And what happens as soon as Hezekiah gets out of this whole mess with the Assyrians and God does what he does. It's not right now, Hezekiah. You're not going to die right now. You think you're going to die right now, but I'm going to spare you. You're not dying. And he's so happy, and he does the right thing. I want to tell the whole world, God, about you. <laughs> I could read it all, but it'd take three or four podcasts. I won't do that. <laughs> Trust me, Isaiah 37, 38, 39, 40. But he turns right around, and the Babylonians send him, uh, we're glad you're feeling better, <laughs> this card. <laughs> and he invites them to come down to visit. Then he shows them everything. And then... Uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah has to come to him and says, you know, it's going to happen now. It wasn't like Hezekiah was entirely wrong. You could say, well, it's kind of stupid because common sense would tell you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, you know, but at the same time, I'm sure it was a testimony and he wanted to tell, and I'm sure what went with that was, look what God's done for us. Look at all the great things. You just got to be careful. There's probably some wisdom in this for somebody out there who's listening to the podcast right now, if not you and I, Carolyn. Don't show them everything until you know their motive. And then 
Don't show them anything more than what God tells you to show them, right. lest you confound it. Because mm-hmm. there's something to be said for the power of greed. And even though they may have had really genuinely positive sort of regard for Hezekiah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we know King Nebuchadnezzar and all that went with the Babylonian exile that Isaiah was telling Hezekiah about was to happen. We know that greed took over. Mm-hmm. It's the pride. It's the perspective. Hezekiah was humbled. For sure. But at the same time, though, Sennacherib thought he was the greatest thing in the world. Wasn't it King Saul that uh, kept some of the things of the treasures Harkened of the Harkened the, the baying of the sheep yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Better to obey than to sacrifice, so says Samuel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Nebuchadnezzar, too, he thought he was all that. And maybe that was his problem. But I don't know. I don't know that God says, because you got all this now and I'm going to punish you because you got too much and you didn't give it away. It's just probably the perspective again. It's the attitude. You want it all. You don't want to lose. You don't want to give anything up. But it doesn't work that way. Right. You take losses for gains and we've already tried to declare your gains are going to, your blessings are going to overtake your losses. Mm -hmm. Can't lose. Was it Job? I mean, You'd have to try really hard to self-destruct yeah. and to lose it all. Well, he had everything, and it was still taken from. I mean, you know, he <laughs> he was a man following God, and yet, and yet, everything was still taken from him. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, if you're you're a greedy person, so you must be uh, punished. Well, yeah, there's probably something going to happen, but. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be even greedy that God can allow things to happen. But we know the end of the story with Job, though. We know how it ended up and how he ended up with so much more blessing at the end. Because he wasn't about Job. It was, painfully so, right. an acknowledgement he could not win all the time. Right. Right? And this was like the worst possible loss, short of his own death. Mm-hmm. That could possibly endure talking about Job. Yeah. But in in that same sort of way, Hezekiah was spared, Mm -hmm. but it's going to happen. What fixes it all is the mind of God, the mind of Christ. Apply common sense. Use what talents and giftings God's given us. Do everything you can to study it, to research it, make calculated decisions, be logical, reason. Certainly don't go around with a boatload of emotional thinking Mm -hmm. driving your decision making. But in the end, when you've done everything you can, you've thought it all out, you've sorted it all out, you've reasoned it all out, you've read the word, you've prayed it out, and it still happens, (laughs) you've got to be like Hezekiah. Because when Isaiah did come to Hezekiah and said, you shouldn't have done this, Hezekiah said, okay, the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he accepted this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, oh, well, I need to go pray again. Because <laughs> he knew. He finally began to understand the good Lord giveth mm-hmm. and the good Lord taketh away. But it may be less about you, lest you be so narcissistic to think right. it is. Right. But if you are that prideful and narcissistic, then everything you measure is going to be about you. And I don't want it to be about me because even the good die young. <laughs> well, you're putting yourself on that pedestal that's God's place. Not only the good die young, even the good die young. I never did quite understand that quote. (laughs) 
Well, it's like when you're in your innocence and you're prideful and the yeah. pride of life, yeah, and yeah, that yeah, and you don't you don't see the loss. But that's not the way it is. It's going to come, and the ultimate loss is you didn't get to live your life. Now you can say, well, it doesn't really matter because it's all in heavenly dimension and eternal dimension. That's true, but there's a certain thing I enjoy about flowers. There's certain things I enjoy about beautiful things. Why would I not want to participate? I just have to know that they're temporal. They're right. not permanent. Right, exactly. Nothing la- That's what we tried to say at the beginning. Nothing lasts forever. Ever. You want to say something because I'm going to read here in a minute. No, go ahead. Hezekiah's prayer, Isaiah 37. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying... O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. See, he got it. He was getting it. He prayed it. He aligned his mortality with that of the eternal. He, he didn't bring the eternal into mortality so that it too would end. He saw it finally from that highest lifted up of places. Why? Because probably experience, there's no better way to validate something other than to again test it, experience it. Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which was all blasphemous again. God is not. Who's your God? What's your God? You're going to trust in your God. There's no way to listen. Don't listen to Hezekiah because it isn't going to work. We're going to come in, we're going to take your stuff, we're going to leave, all that stuff. Maybe there's something to be said for why Hezekiah, uh, why Sennacherib didn't survive even his own kids, because at least um, the other, as, as much as the Babylonians would come and captive, take the city captive, they, they were friendly on the front end. <laughs> pretended like they were friends yeah. or at least they, they gave some appearances of being friendly which has sent to reproach the living God of a truth Lord the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations in their countries it's true what Sennacherib was saying and have cast their gods small g into the fire for there they were no gods small g but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord. This is part of the testimony. He's making a covenant with God. I'm going to testify, God, of who you are. I'm telling you this now in the prayer so that you know I got the message right. I'm aligning my mind, my thoughts with yours, God. I'm changing my heart rather than prideful, rather than arrogance, rather than narcissism all about me. I'm allowing you to show me how it's all about you. Mm-hmm. Even thou only. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, said, sent unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, whereas thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Which is all true, too. They deserved it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because of that. Although that's useful to get your perspective right, 
it's useful to humble you. Mm-hmm. It's useful to take away the narcissism and the pride and to realize you don't got the power. Right. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. That's really what it is. Is They were chopping down the trees, so to speak, that they were planning to live in. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the idea of Jesus talking about a, the grain of mustard seed, they were cutting the mustard seed tree down. Mm-hmm. They were cutting down the tree of life, which was their only life, and all they were going to get is death then. Mm-hmm. By thy servants hast thou reproached the Lord and hast said, By the multitude of my chariots am I come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and I will cut down the tall cedars thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the height of his border and the forest of his Carmel. I have digged and drunk water, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of the besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it and of ancient times that I have formed it? Now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to lay us waste defense cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and as the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and as the corn blasted before it be grown up. Droughts. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me, because thy rage against me, and thy tumult, 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 T-U-M-U-L-T, is come up into mine ears. Therefore will I put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. God's saying, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do this thing, but this is going to all be necessary. This is all part of the correction. This is all part of the purpose and the plan. This is how I engender, encourage, not only your faith and your belief, courage in me, but that I can bless you then in the best of ways. If you don't abide by the Old Testament, if you don't abide by the New Testament, if you don't apply common sense, how do you expect to be blessed? Mm-hmm. It sounds conditional, but it's you. If you don't want to receive it, if you don't want to prepare yourself to receive it, if you don't want to participate in giving so that you might receive in that way, it's on you. It's not God. And this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year, such as groweth of itself. In the second year, that which springeth of the same. And in the third year, sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take that root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem, Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant. And they that escape out of the mount of Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord... Concerning the king of Syria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into the city, saith the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. When they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house of Nishroch, his god, (laughs) the Adramalek, and Sherezer, his sons, smote him 
with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esharban, his son, resigned or reigned in his stead. Pardon my mispronunciation of those Assyrian names or Hebrew mm-hmm. interpretations. So, Carolyn, the point is, it's all drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the problem is, only Hezekiah, by virtue of Isaiah, was reminded, don't get caught up in the drama. Mm-hmm. Attend to the drama. Recognize the situations you're in. Apply the word of the Lord. Pray that God will give you insight, discernment. Remind God of who He is mm-hmm. so that He knows you know. It helps you remind you right. when you remind God of who right. He is and what His promises are unto you. But in the end, things come and things go. And if you're going to survive and then with that show that increase where your blessings overtake you, then you're going to have to stand firm. You cannot be shaken. Who'd you come out to see? A reed shaken by the wind? No. You came out to see John the Baptist, who was otherwise foretelling of the promises of God. It looked like it was all over. Repent. Change your heart. Not so much so that that's directly the judgment, although the judgment comes in that indirect way through that lack of appreciation of Christ, through the misunderstanding of God, but so that you might be prepared to receive the blessing. That's the message of Isaiah. It's going to happen, but always be prepared to receive the blessing because if you're not, you're going to curse yourself. And so many people fall into that trap. That's the devil's work. To steal your optimism, to steal your joy, to steal your hope, Mm -hmm. to take away the foundation of all of that, the promises of God. Because if he can steal all of those things, destroy God, (laughs) put you in a position of either pride, lifting yourself up as a God, or or kind of turn into inanimate objects, or even living things to, to pretend like they're your God, just so you can project all of this on them, it's all going to go away. It's all going to die. Now again, I don't know how he chose to destroy the Assyrians in the camp, but it was the beginning of the end mm-hmm. for Sigonacharib. I just keep going back to, I don't know why, I, just, I feel like God just keeps bringing me back to Jonah, you know, when you said, uh, you know, the things that the enemy comes and brings, and sometimes it's thoughts even towards ourselves. You know, um, we'll be like Babel. We're going to build it. We're going to be like God. You know, we're going to uh, be original sin. We're going to, you know, compare ourselves and, and maybe even be greater than God. But sometimes it's even like self-focused, you know, to where we don't even know we're believing a lie. You know, because it seems so real. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I just keep thinking about um, Jonah. I don't really want to go over there. And they don't even deserve it. You know, I mean, sometimes we fall into a trap ourselves. You know, even if it's not something outside of ourselves. And he had to be shown what God wanted him to do was going to happen, whether he wanted to or not. And these things are going to take place when God speaks it. It's going to happen, <laughs> and it may not happen the way you think. You know, those people were going to get preached to, and they were going to get saved. Did he think he was going to end up in the belly of a whale? Probably not. 
And when we question and, and you know, maybe even, maybe even say, I don't really want to do that, God's still going to achieve His purposes. And it's still going to happen, but um, it would be a lot easier for us if we would use some common sense and align ourselves with Him first versus doing what we want and then hoping, you know, like, uh, you know, scoot God in at the end, you well, know, bring Him in at the last second. And I think that whole idea of Jonah, I mean, that was also prophetic word to the Assyrians. It's an interesting proposition to think, well, what if they'd listened? They yeah. did listen, obviously, and there was a revival. But what if they had repented truly mm -hmm. and stayed the course? Right. And would we be even having this conversation, you know, right now uh, right. about Isaiah? Because Isaiah, or at least in the sense of all this happening, mm -hmm. God still sent, I should say it the right way, God still sent Jonah to them mm -hmm. to preach that message for mm -hmm. repentance. But will we still be having this conversation? Yeah, probably, because things come up and things go down. Right. But would they have been more hospitable? Would there have been more peace? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start to remove pride and arrogance and ego, and then, as with Jonah, mm -hmm. after this, this mm -hmm. is first what happened in Isaiah, then the prophet right. prophecy of Jonah. Right. But the idea is the same people, they didn't change. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. But when you keep hearing the message over and over and over again, and you don't repent, you're not going to get anything better. Mm -hmm. And with that, you'll probably end up losing what you have. Doesn't that sound biblical? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're just going to keep going this way. But that's our message to not only our podcast listeners, but it's to the people who come see us. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll do everything we can to be empirically sound, scientifically sound, evidence-based. We'll offer theories. We'll test the theories. We'll make correlations. We'll try to state the obvious. We've learned a lot. Studied a lot, taught a lot about people, human nature. That's why we do what we do. A little different than maybe the study that pastors receive. We get a little bit more education in the human mm -hmm. dynamic, mm -hmm. the pathology of it. Mm -hmm. But that also lets us know what we don't want to do. I mean, if you at least look at it that way, this is the consequences. This is what you're doing wrong to make a correction. Mm -hmm. But in the end, some things you just have to leave up to God. And the greatest thing you have to leave up to God is you can't take it with you when you go. Mm -hmm. So, did they destroy themselves? Sennacherib, I think, did. His kids ended up killing him. But all that pride and ego got the best of him, and finally something happened. What did God choose to use in the age? Was it a plague? You know, we went back to, I'll go back to that website I found, the seven verses, talking mm -hmm. about the death angel. Uh, I don't know, but whatever it was, they drank the Kool-Aid, as I love to say. I think that is such a great saying. They did what they shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. They bit into, again, the apple. And it's humanism. Right. But lest we think we're going to be any different, mm -hmm. and, and I want to say this and give it to you, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Because I thought this morning, before we came to do the podcast, record the podcast, I thought, well, this is prophetic. Maybe God's showing us, or maybe I'm supposed to speak to, this idea that all you have to do is pray like Hezekiah did. Repent. Change. Maybe it's like you're saying, Jonah. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what he's called us to do. Maybe that's why we have to talk about this today on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I thought, would that be not a nice thing? Is that we could be part of a revival. 
in the United States, that we could be part of some repose, some rest, Mm -hmm. some um, opportunity to restore. Yeah. Uh, And I think to myself, yeah, that's true. There'll be some that will receive this. Just like there'll be some patients that come see us, some clients that come see us that will receive this Mm -hmm. and be okay with it. And will grow. Mm -hmm. But for as many as do, there's probably double, I don't know what the percentages are, there's more that won't. And I don't think we're going to save the United States in that way. What I do think is, though, we're going to be saved. But as this... We've read the Bible, the verses, 37 through 40, today, Isaiah. God doesn't respect people or persons. He doesn't respect nations. They come and they go. Mm-hmm. I'm a fool, Carolyn, if I think we're going to the United States of America, is the end all. I, I'm a patriotic guy. Mm-hmm. I love what we stood for, but also love my son when he was six. But now that he's 20 or 19, 20, he's a little different. <laughs> And so he stinks a bit more on, t- on occasions. So he plays basketball and his room's a mess. And, you know, he's got all these things that he's still trying to work out in his life. And when he was six, I could clean the room. I could clean him. You ever smelled a baby? You, mm-hmm. like, they don't mm-hmm. smell, do they? That's why I said that. Sweet. There are. Baby powder. <laughs> I know. But whether baby powder or not, babies, let's say poop. But babies usually are like the sweetest things, yeah. right? They're clean. They're innocent. Until they're not. <laughs> All, but that's maybe perspective too, right? Because I could see past all of that. Mm-hmm. But what I have to realize is God gets what he wants. And he wants the glory. He didn't do this for Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. He didn't spare the city. He didn't put Sennacherib, punish Sennacherib just for, it was Sennacherib's punishment. Mm-hmm. He did it to himself. Mm-hmm. But he did it because God is God. And he did make a promise to David. But he, the promise he made to David was completely consistent with the same promise that Jesus makes to us. There'll always, whether you're Mephibosheth at the table with David, whatever you are, whether you're the least or the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, when you get there, it won't matter. You're in heaven. There will always be a place for you in Jerusalem. Now, I've never been there like to go there, but there's always a place for us at God's table. Right, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. I don't know if it's just me getting older or like being a grandparent, I don't know. But you start to see things as a whole. You start to get this perspective that it's not about, yes, there's the enjoying of each moment and to be present and, you know, sort of... um, what is that word? I can't think of that. Where were they? Where you focus on the right now? You know. So, I agree with that. But then there's this bigger perspective that you start to see. You know, when I look at little baby Levi and I see Jackson now as a toddler, you know, running around and and acting like a little two-year-old little boy. And you start to get this perspective that is so much more than just that. You know, so much more than just this one moment. Yes, this one moment is awesome. That's why I was telling Macy yesterday. I said, enjoy this, Macy, now, because it's so fleeting. It'll go so fast. And and I think that's the thing is, you know, (laughs) 
Hezekiah, yeah, he was praying about that one specific situation, but I think he had a perspective that he knew that God was so much bigger than just this one instance. And so when we pray and when we when we talk to clients, and I had the great privilege of praying with somebody that wanted to rededicate their heart to God. And it's awesome, isn't it? It was so awesome, and I was so happy about that because, you know, um, we don't know everything about our um, people that we see. We don't, you know, we get to know them, but um, God can see their heart far better than we can. And when I prayed with her, it was just so awesome because it doesn't really matter what problems what's going on in this moment it does matter like from the baby to to war to whatever is going on yes it matters in that moment and I don't want to make light of that but there's a bigger scheme and that's where I you know I rely on the Holy Spirit to give me words of wisdom when when I got that phone call and then the the very thing we've been praying for months about you know happened and it's like you know, do I act all sad and, you know, well, I'm sorry that didn't work out. I guess God didn't come through this time. You know, no, no, this is part of a bigger picture. Let's get some perspective and let's trust God. He's God and he knows what's best and we don't. And whether we've done it, we've made the choice to take our inheritance and go out into the world or that's all part of God's plan. Excuse me, we take our inheritance and we go out into the world. And whether it is with some calculation, awareness, that we've made a bad choice, or at least in retrospect, we can look back and say, that probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world to do. Or maybe it's just misfortune. Mm-hmm. You just got to know how to come home. The come prodigal knows how to come home. Yeah. Come we all senses. know how to come home. And whether it's rededication or accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're all part of the family. But if you don't know how to come home, if you don't know where, my son is always welcome in my house, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to know how to come home. And that's really what we do. We remind folks. And it's no wonder that it ends with that, right, for some. Mm-hmm. Because they're like Hezekiah. They get it. You're like Isaiah. You're teaching. You're trying to show. You're trying to speak to. You're looking at the facts, the truth. Yeah, you can say, well, we're not prophets. No, but science is prophetic. The Spirit of the Lord is prophetic, is the Spirit of prophecy. But whether it's in common sense dimension, as then also add to that Holy Spirit, how come come once you add the Holy Spirit, it's confirmed? The New Testament validates the Old. The Old Testament, in a prophetic sort of way, is setting everything up to be validated by the New. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. The two parts, the material and the spiritual, work together. Spirit and in truth. But that's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. But you've got to come home. You've got to know Mm -hmm. where home is to have a place at the table. And you need Jesus. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it, I, I love, I love that story. Not just because I have a, a somewhat of a prodigal, but I love that when he says, um, and when he came to himself. I think the NIV says when he came to his senses. But when he came to himself, then he knew, and he said. Um, 
you know, he said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, you know, I have sinned. But he made that choice. But at first he had to come to himself and he had to realize what was happening. And, you know, that's what we we help people do. We help them kind of, you know, let's look at this and, and, you know, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And what do you hear? What do you hear God saying? And, you know, sometimes um, it is that we have to go and say, I've sinned and forgive me. But that's the beautiful part. You know, I didn't have a doubt in my mind when she said, you know, I, I want to come back to God. I didn't, I didn't sit and be like, well, I hope he does that. You know, I hope this works for you. You know, you better pray a good prayer. I didn't think that at all. I was like, yes, rise up. Go back to your father. Mm-hmm. And, and he will have compassion on you and he will receive you. But you have to pass through the flaming swords. You have to have it framed. You have to have it framed, not only by the Word of God, but the living Word of God, not only the Old Testament, the New Testament, which comes to, again, living example. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a better way to say it than just example, testimony, when I'm speaking of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You have to see it that way, or you don't get in. Yeah. You don't. You just don't get in. Is that God saying you can't cross the gulf that divides heaven from hell? I don't think it's God saying that. It's just you can't get in unless you have that. Mm-hmm. It's in you to have that. Right. God put that in you, word in you. Mm-hmm. God put living word, gave you a chance to receive it, re- be refreshed. Right. He breathed once, life into Adam, and then Jesus. Mm-hmm. He breathes again, life into us. Mm-hmm. But that's just the pattern. Are you going to always be exactly where you want to be? There's always going to be challenges. But the one thing, in a material sense, there's always going to be challenges. But the one thing we know for sure is you're always at in Christ. You have that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And you're always at the table. You're always in the house of the Lord. Because you're part of it. You're part of the family. So, should our listeners... Want to and viewers? Yeah, viewers. <laughs> want to contact us, Carolyn? How do they do that? Well, we would love to hear from you, and um, please give us a call 304-528-9220. or you can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com, or you can go online to covenantsonline.com, and you can also look us up on Facebook under Covenants. A lot of ways. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, should anybody want to, we, of course, extend the invitation, as we have. And it's an open invitation. And uh, even if you shouldn't come see us, you can see us on podcast now, I guess. Yeah. Right? Or see the podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can join us for our next podcast, which will be, we usually drop those. Mm-hmm. You drop podcasts, Carolyn. <laughs> We usually drop that weekly. It's usually Monday morning. And should our viewers or listeners want to be viewers, become viewers, mm-hmm. they can expect us yes, around 7.45 or 8. On uh, Usually it's we do this on Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. We do our Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. But until then, what do we want to wish our viewers slash listener or listener slash viewer? To be blessed. To be blessed. <laughs> God bless you. We'll catch up with you again next week.